Hey guys, welcome back to How Come. This episode is just you and me. No guests, no nothing. Um, I'm coming to you from a hotel room in Atlantic City where I have just performed last night. And uh, I was going to put out another episode, but I figured we needed to regroup um, because a lot of you guys have been messaging me being like, hey, there are some gaps uh, in your personal coming journey. Um, So we want to hear about those gaps. Um, The episodes since I came obviously haven't been as my journey centric. And a lot of you have sent in questions about like, when did you come with Ben? What was that episode? Um, You kind of went over it and uh, we want to know more um, or what really happened during that tantric massage and, you know, different stuff. So this episode is just going to be me answering my favorite and most uh, popular questions that I get asked on the How Come Instagram. Um, you can always write me in at How Come Podcast or at my personal Instagram at Remy Casimir. Um, or if you have a longer thing to say, um, our email is ourfamousfriends at gmail.com. That should be on the How Come Instagram page. Um, reach us on Facebook too. There's a Facebook page. But yeah, um, I think I'm going to start taking questions from people more readily because they are coming in more and more. And what I realized is that this podcast started um, for me really just wanting to come, but also me wanting to feel less weird and less alone. And a lot of you have reached out, um, girls who can't come or girls who fucking listen to the podcast and came for the first time. Congratulations to all of you. I am so fucking proud. Girls who are still working for, like, for it. So guys who are still working on it. Um, everybody. like, And it, it's just um, what I've realized from the messages is that this podcast isn't about me having an orgasm. It's people feeling less alone in their sexual health and wellness. So a lot of people have written in like, I feel like less of a weirdo because um, this guy wrote me the other day. I feel like less of a weirdo because I listened to Ian Fidance and Jess Tom's episode. That's episode 12. Um, and he was saying Ian's bisexuality made him feel like less of a weirdo because they're both very masculine men. And he said he'd never, you know, heard about somebody so similar before. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people struggling to come. Um, heart goes out to all of you guys. But yeah, basically now the podcast is just kind of going to pivot to more like, what are you guys into? Um, What do you want to learn more about? Um, Have you ever felt super alone about something? I mean, keep writing me in your stuff because it's been... It's been really cool um, to just, for me, think about some of your questions. Um, So yes, this has been a long ass intro, um, but let's get started. And I will, I'll be reading uh, some messages that I've gotten from the beginning of the podcast to now. Um, I'm pumped. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh baby, I believe these guests can help. All right, so the first questions are kind of all about Ben. Um, One of them that's been a popular one is, you said you came with Ben, how did you do it? I don't remember what episode you mentioned that in. Truth. Um, I, I kind of wanted to not talk about us so much after I came for the first time because it was like initially it was putting pressure on me to come but then 
now that you know that your body can do it, 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 it's kind of like, like Ben didn't sign up for this being like, Oh, like, can I make this impossible person to please come? I mean, I have come with him, uh, but it wasn't him doing any, I mean, like he's, 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 good with his hands. He's getting better. Um, it's, it's mostly just me that I can't really like, I still can't communicate during sex. Like I'm working on it. One of the things that I've been doing is like, I'll say it beforehand. Um, I think I might've mentioned this in an episode, but I'll be like, Hey, um, can, when we have sex this time, can you like kiss my whole back? Cause that's like something I like. Um, or like, yeah, so I'll try to say it before, but I'm, I'm still, you guys, even though like this is my podcast and I'm, I'm trying to get everybody so comfortable and communicative. Communication is hard, especially when you're naked. And uh, yeah, I I don't feel super comfortable directing still. Um, But I have come with him. um, It was using the womanizer. Um, The first time that I did it was in one of these very hotel rooms another weekend that we were both performing in Atlantic City. And I was like, oh my God, I can really wreck this bed if I want to. So I used it with us while we were banging. And then I think I, I like pushed him away from me a little bit because I still need to be the one controlling the womanizer. Like if I know a lot of you have bought them, but you have to like kind of get to know where you want to put it and like how you want to move it around, um, how it's good for your body and any like little movement is going to change it up a bit. So like, yeah, you just, it's, it's hard to get somebody else to just do it for you. So I think I pushed him away from me and I was like, just like using it. And then I was squirting and I yelled it real loud and I was like, I'm squirting, I'm squirting. Cause I was like really proud of myself that I could actually get past that like mental block of letting somebody else watch you fucking piss your bed. And I know it's not pee. It, it, it isn't, it isn't. I know a lot of you have asked me, it's just not like if you go to the bathroom before you have sex and you could pee out your entire bladder, then you can squirt again. It's just not pee. It's like, it's not, um, but yeah, so that happened and I was really proud of myself and then we didn't have to clean it up because we were in a hotel and, and that's why hotels are great. Um, we tried to recreate the uh, suction aspect with his mouth once. Um, it's just not as localized. Like even the womanizer comes with two different heads and they're different sizes for different sized clits and like a mouth is just much bigger than both of those sizes. Like you would have to make your mouth like a little tiny circle, like very small and like, and like you're not going to like come up with enough suction power. Like he smokes too much weed. His lungs can't do that. But also who fucking cares? Like I really like, like now that when we'll do it, like we really incorporate uh, the womanizer in our sex life a lot. Um, and I find that very sexy too, that he is so turned on and wants me to be pleasured by something. Um, that's better than like a fast moving hand or a, like, it's just like, Hey, we have this tool that can make it easier. And, and then we can both do stuff with our other hands and enjoy. So like, we've had many times where we'll just be kissing and like not focusing on him at all. And I'll have the womanizer on and going nuts. Um, it's great. Uh, I feel like a lot of men have sent me that they think sex toys are going to replace them. No, 
Like we still love you. Like you're not just for sex. Um, it's just enhancing the experience. Like we're having a great time. Um, so yeah, um, there was one question that was sent to me uh, that I really appreciated um, after Ben's episode. Did it bother you in the last podcast about your boyfriend being not being able to tell if you came or not? And I said, good question. Um, yeah, it, it actually, like, yes and no. Okay, so I do wish he would ask more often if I did, like, still, but I also never ask if he did. He just always tells me. Um, and I think that's just another me communicating thing. Like, I'm sure if I said, hey, Ben, I would like it if you asked me if I came, he'd be like, okay, I will. Um, but yeah, also another thing, even if I don't come sometimes, if we're just having sex or whatever, and we, like, let's say, don't have the womanizer, um, like, it's not really going to happen because it's hard for me, but it's not like I feel dissatisfied after the sex. Sex is still fun. I've still been having sex before the podcast, and uh, it's still a good time. Um, but, yeah, I would, like, I don't know. I, it would be nice uh, if he could tell, but I don't think I could tell if he didn't shout it every time. Like they make the same face, but also, I don't know if I'm do like, I'm still not a hundred percent every time. Sometimes I'm like, holy shit. Yes. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know. And I think that's okay. As long as you're not sexually frustrated after the encounter, like the whole point of sex isn't just to come. It's to have a fun time. If you have a fun time and you leave feeling good, then that is good. If you leave feeling unsatisfied, then maybe pop the person on the head and be like, hey, could you like eat me out for a little bit or do something else? But I'm usually like good. Um, so yeah, no, but thank you for asking. I, I really, I do appreciate that. Uh, Cause I was like, come on, like you, you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm having a tough time communicating. Like you should ask more, but I also think, he thinks I would say something. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about it after this. Um, we'll see. Okay. Um, oh, this is something that we need to address. This is just a housekeeping thing. The sound quality. A lot of you have written to me that the episodes were really quiet and that like you'd be listening to your car on full blast and then your GPS would be screaming at you. And I'm so sorry for you guys and your ears and Oh, I hate that. Um, so we remastered most of the episodes. Um, one through 10 should be loud as fuck. Um, and yeah, if there's any that you hear that you think are still quiet, write me in. Um, but yeah, we remastered them. Um, if you already downloaded them when they were quiet, just unsubscribe, um, delete the episodes and then resubscribe and re-download and then you'll get the new version. Um, and it's all nice and loud. So Siri and you won't hate each other. Okay. Oh, another housekeeping thing. Guys, could could you not hit on me in my messages? Like I respond to every message that you guys send and I'm always like really pumped and to get back to you and stuff. I'm never flirting. Um, I'm just trying to be a nice, respectful podcast host and like talk to you back and like give you some information. But hi, smiley face. How are you? Nice. Can I see you? Cute. I don't like that. And then I say, haha, please don't try to flirt with me. Not here for that. And he says, I don't want to flirt with the camera and sends me a video chat. Yeah, please don't do that. If a person says, don't try to flirt with me, never try to video chat that. Like, what are you doing, you creep? What do you think? I'm suddenly going to be like, oh, now that I see you, I'm going to whip out my tits. Like, 
oh god all right so house that housekeeping is is over um and you're welcome that i didn't block you don't do it again um here's another question oh god they don't have an avatar so i can't tell if it's a girl or a guy if they're gay or straight i don't know if they're hitting on me or if this is just a genuine question i'm going to respond to it as if it's just a genuine question because it is an important question that people ask and talk about and are curious about other people doing so i'm going to be open but he wanted to know or she wanted to know do you shave i said shave what uh down there also do you have an episode about lesbian sex i just started to listening to your podcast love it so far okay so there's a lot of exclamation points this makes me think now it's a girl um i don't have an episode just on lesbian sex yet i need one um i'll get back to you on that uh, that'll be coming up um do i shave when I want to, where I want to, simple as that. Sometimes I can be completely hairless, and sometimes I have hairy legs, pits, jodge, all of it. It just depends on the day. That's all. Do what makes you feel sexy. Um, I, I, should, I should listen to this more, because um, a lot of times... I'm not really shaving my legs. I'm not really shaving my armpits. I got my armpits lasered and my like bikini area, Brazilian lasered uh, like a few years ago. But like it's still, gr I mean, like it still grows back. I'm not like a child. Um, but it's not just not as much. Um, I don't, I don't do a ton of maintenance. Um, but except for when I really want to like feel good about myself, uh, I will. But it's good for me and it's good for the person I'm banging. So... That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Um, also, thank you. I'm glad that you love it if you are not a pervert. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say pervert in a bad way. Like, just, like, don't be a fucking creep on me. I really don't like when people flirt with me. Okay, um, so one of the questions that I got asked a lot was, what actually happened during your tantric massage, and can I go to that guy? Um, <laughs> so I didn't really feel comfortable answering I don't know, really going into depth with about the tantric massage when it first happened because I was like, oh my God, did I just pay for a prostitute? Like I feel really we like kind of weird, even though like I didn't, I don't feel weird. It was really a nice process. Um, it was just kind of like, I feel like society has kind of conditioned me to be like, oh, like I really am judging myself now. Like was all that, like I had already came because I did his class and Lola Jean's masturbating class in the same week. And I remember I had, I had come before her class with the womanizer. Um, but then, yeah, I was just trying to see. I was like, whatever. Like, I still want to go in and uh, see if somebody can do it manually. Um, because I was like, if they can't, then that's a done deal. I can just give up and, like, use the womanizer. This is fine. But I was also curious if you could. And because Dominus Arrows, who is the one who gave me my tantric massage at 3F Studios, um, had said there are so many different types of orgasm, I was like, well, I want to experience those from someone who is a professional and knows what the fuck he's doing. So um, you guys asked, and I'll just go into a little more depth. Um, I, th I don't know if I even mentioned that he touched my vagina, but I think I did. I mean, I must have, right? Like, isn't that a pretty big part of it? Uh, he did. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but anyway, so Dominus Arrows for a little update for you. Uh, he was from episode five, and uh, he runs this thing called Daddy Retreat at uh, 3F Studios. And Daddy Retreat is about making older, um, less attractive gay men 
older and less attractive game and not necessarily like old ugly whatever anyway making them feel more attractive um and because uh he was so sexual with uh men and not just women i was just like oh like this is fine like nobody will feel uncomfortable um i have to admit i did feel a little awkward telling ben what happened right after i got out because um like it was an experience that like we neither of us knew what was going to happen like we knew he was going to touch me but we didn't know how and uh i like i still feel very comfortable uh Aaron his real name is Aaron Aaron's still a really sweet guy to me and he was super professional but yeah i think even though i had told Ben like yeah there's going to be a guy touching me naked um I think hearing the details uh, miffed him a bit. Now we're over it and it's fine. Um, but so I want to just go into more detail for you guys. And I've had a lot of girlfriends go to Aaron after um, reaching out to me and I told him like what actually happened in the session and they've had a really great time. So I still highly suggest him. Um, and here is how the session went down. So I went to 3F Studios, which is um, in like a Union Square area in New York City. And I was wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt and I was terrified, but I also was like really eager to find out if I could come in this new way. Um, yeah, so I went upstairs and I had already been there and there was the desk and he was there and uh, his uh, clothes were all on and he was like, hey, are you excited? And I was like, yeah, but I'm really scared. And he was like, I totally understand. Like we're just going to talk about everything and you're going to tell me what you're comfortable with. And I was like, no, I want to do like everything that like, like can make me, you know, maybe do this. Um, and he's like, yeah, well, we'll talk. Um, so he, we go into the room and he was like, all right, what would you be comfortable with? And I was like, do whatever I'm down, even though I'm terrified. Um, and I was like, I just need to see if this is physically possible with a human. And, uh, he goes, well, I'm usually nude with men. Are you comfortable with that? And I was like, uh, you better keep your undies on because uh, there was an underwear, non-underwear option. And like, I was like, yeah, please keep your underwear on. Um, now I understand why people would want underwear off, um, but uh, it has nothing to do with a penis. It's just like the fact that there's like fabric touching you. Anyway, so I will go on. So... Um, Oh, and people have asked if he's hot. He's a good looking dude. He's married. Um, he's like in his 40s and you can look him up on Instagram. Um, but he like, no offense, Aaron, he's not my usual type, but he's like, he's a good looking dude. Um, he's not offensive to look at and he's got a, a very nice body. Um, so first it's like a completely normal massage room with music and shit. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get ready. You get naked and lay face down with a towel over you. Um, I was like, okay. And then he came in and he's wearing his underwear and we were doing first these different, I think I talked about this, different exhales. Ha, ha, and ha. Um, I think just to and get comfortable with like verbally expressing, which is hard for me. So that was like interesting to do because I was like, oh, I'll just treat it as like an acting exercise. Like, you know, like, I don't know if anybody is taking an improv class or acting class. They make you say stupid shit. And so like doing that breathing was like good. And then he was like thwacking my ass and he was like, I'm whacking it for blood flow. Like he put both of his hands in like a prayer thing and like kept like clack, 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 clack. And so my butt was like very like almost numb. 
Um, but it was like great. Um, and then he did a full body massage, which was so, so good. Um, oh, and then here's another thing at the beginning. I, I didn't mention this. I had my period and that was another thing as I was like, Oh my God, he's probably going to be like, she's so gross, but he's not there to view me as a sexual object. So I was also like, that's fine. And I was like, Aaron, I have my period and I have a tampon. Is that cool? And he was like, yeah, you can take it out or keep it in whatever you want to do. So I kept it in. Um, so during the massage, he would like rub my body, rub my body, like up and down, up and down, up and down, and then go and like rub my crotch and rub my, and like, and my body. And it was so interesting because that whole, that like one motion, like usually I feel like when a guy touches your crotch, like they go down your pants and they go past your, you know, pubes or whatever. And they, they go straight for your clit and they like are like kind of hammering at it or they go and like they go to finger you and shit or, um, it's, it's like way more like zoned in like on, this is your vagina or whatever. But this like, it was just like my whole body was being rubbed and then like my vagina was included in that body and my, you know, my vulva. Cause the vagina is just the whole, you guys. It was really much more my vulva. Um, so he's doing that and that was fucking great. And then he did this thing called dragon breath um, where he literally has his hot breath on every part of your body. And on this, at this point he like got up on the table and he, he said, like, during this, he was like, I'm going to get up on the table. Like, don't worry. I'm not going to, like, fucking rape you. He's like, I'm just going to do this thing called dragon breath, and it's going to be me breathing on you. And I was like, okay. So, like, everything was very, like, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to touch you now. I'm going to breathe here. So, first he was breathing on the neck and then down the, like, my uh, sides and then, like, around my boobs and my back. And then he breathed right up into my butt and my vagina and that was so fucking good. And since then, I've asked Ben to blow into my vagina. Sometimes I'll like have it with my underwear on so that it just creates like a little more heat. Oh my God, you guys have to try this with somebody. It's just like, you know, like when you, how can you make hot, cold air, like, like with a little mouth, you guys can't see me, but with like a little mouth, like you're smoking a cigarette, like, but then you can create hot air with like, like that's dragon breath. Like you gotta do it. Gotta do it to someone. Um, and then he was like, all right, I'm going to do some edging exercises with you because the key to Tantra isn't like that you're seeking orgasm necessarily. It's that you're like prolonging it and also, um, oh, prolonging it and sometimes not doing it at all. Sometimes they do edging, um, which we might've mentioned before, but he was like, okay, like I'm going to like massage you and then like masturbate you. And like, you're going to have to do some breathing techniques. And so I was basically focusing on like, breathe, like, like the breathing techniques kind of were hard. It was like, you have to hold your breath and like focus on not coming and like, like clench your abs and like, like do like crazy. It was almost like you're like in yoga, but also you're naked and someone's touching your vagina. Um, and I had to do like Kegels and stuff. And also at one point he like fingered me and you and moved the tampon aside. And I was just like, Oh my God, that is so weird. But also it wasn't so weird cause it was like super professional. And he was just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to like whatever manipulate this thing. And I was like, cool. Um, and then it was over. Um, and I was like, very relaxed and he was like all right I'm gonna leave the room like I'm gonna get dressed like come outside and like then we'll chat so then I got dressed um I came outside uh I said what up the first person I see there was his boyfriend um I don't remember his name but he is a trans dude um and so we shook hands and I was immediately like all oh, right he's not a like 
like he's not attracted to me. I'm his client. Like he has other people that he fucks. Like this wasn't that. And, uh, that was, that was cool to have his boyfriend there. Um, and then, um, he was like, so how was that? And da da da. Oh, also at various times he, when he would get on the table, he would like stretch me, um, which was really great. And that's why I think, uh, the underwear thing, like people wouldn't want to feel the cloth. Cause sometimes like you're doing like soccer stretches or like crossing your legs over your body. And like they, he like put his like hip into you never like penis. Cr- like I was never, never scared that there was going to be a penis in me or near my face or anything like that. Like it was so fucking respectful, but yeah, the stretching, you guys need to stretch each other too. It was so sick. And that's something that I recommended to Ben too. And that we've been doing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was interesting having my vag literally open in his face, but I, it was like, you know, I do that at the gynecologist. Like he sees so many more bodies that like, why like mine's not even that interesting. Um, so yeah, I felt really good and had a lot of girls go to him after me and some guys. Um, and yeah, so it was great. Um, and I highly recommend, um, what else? Oh, the other day I posted um, some clips from that show Polyamory. Um, One of the fans told me about that. Thank you so much. It's a reality show on Showtime. If you have access to reality, I mean to Showtime Um, and it's just called Polyamory and it's about different people living polyamorous lives and it is fucking insane and amazing and great. The only thing I will say about it. Oh, it's like basically porn. I mean, like it's not, it's like a reality show if you could see everyone's, naked body parts um and the sex is amazing and you really like relate to the people um and it really helps normalize something that people are doing there are people who are polyamorous and there are people who are trying new relationships and if you are thinking about it i highly recommend this show um the only thing i will say is that it is very white and very thin like everyone is super thin and super white except uh episode or season two has one asian woman and i think she's only half asian i don't know um but yeah not a lot of diversity um one thing uh that they mentioned on polyamory just that i wanted to tell you guys about because it was lacking from our polyamory episode we didn't talk about fluid bonding um fluid bonding is when you like decide to fuck somebody without a condom and it can be really important in polyamorous relationships because people are fucking a lot of people and like you don't want to give stds to anybody and like it's respectful thing not to right uh so in one of these couples in polyamory the show um, one of the woman's boyfriends isn't comfortable having sex with condoms because he like comes too quickly or late. I don't know. Something he doesn't like having sex with condoms. And so her husband is like, all right, fine. I'll start using condoms with you. As long as Jesse gets tested, um, you guys can fluid bond and like have at it. So yeah, fluid bonding. It's a thing. Um, what else? Ah, somebody once asked me, do you ever get numb slash less sensitive as you get more aroused? I feel like there's a point where things just stop feeling good and I'm kind of like, blah. Yes, um, definitely. Sometimes when you're getting more aroused, though, uh, you stop doing the correct thing to continue that or the person who's doing it does the wrong, like not the wrong thing, but a thing, you know, like skin chafes sometimes um, if you're rubbing too hard or something like I often have that or um, 
if you're getting rammed from behind, like you're just like desensitized sometimes. Um, it's, I feel like it's kind of your body being like, change up what you're doing or I'm done. Um, yeah, usually like if you start to dry up, take a break or change it up is what I would say. Again, none of this advice is, it's all coming from me. I'm a fucking comedian who's learning along with you guys. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just a girl who just came for the first time this year. So, um, yeah, that's, but definitely like, doesn't everybody, I, I feel like that's like a refractory period. Like even with guys, like after they come or, or even building up to come or like, they just are like, yeah, I'm done. And then they just don't want their dick touched anymore. Um, yeah, that happens. Or like sometimes you lose your boner. It just happens. Uh, it's not a, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't be a big deal at least. Just change it up or take a break. That's my advice. Change it up or take a break. Everybody get down. Okay, um somebody wrote in, I'm still working on my foursome body. I don't think I could ever do a foursome. I said, "Ha ha ha ha, same." Um that's the thing with polyamory is I'm always like, "Oh my god, I would be so self-conscious that I would have the worst body of the people that, you know, my partner's fucking or, you know, all that stuff. Um, he also asked, are, are foursomes genuinely with two couples or like a couple and two randomly? These are questions I much know. I think it doesn't have to be any couples involved. Um, it's just four people fucking. Um, it could be one couple, two randoms, two couples. It could be four people who are already in a couple. That's the thing on polyamory. There's four people in a couple. Um, one time I was doing a, a comedy show and there was a quad in the audience and I was like, shut up. Like you guys all fuck each other. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, put your heads down. Um, like in school when it would be like, oh, you guys have to vote, put your heads down on the desk so nobody sees each other's answers. And uh, I went through all of them and I was like, is Mike the best at fucking? And then like, some of them would raise their hands. Mike was the best at fucking, um, but it was really cool. It was two guys, two girls, and they all fuck each other, and I love it. Fucking love a quad. Um, but yeah, I would feel insecure. The one threesome I had once, I legit just like sat in the corner, like covered up my body and threw condoms at them because I was like, oh, I feel fucking fat. That's a me thing though, guys. Don't internalize how I feel about myself. Okay. Um, also, sometimes I feel really good about myself. I don't want you guys thinking I'm like, I just want to, like, I hate, like, I've got really great qualities in my body that I like. I just, you know, have been eating a little too much McDonald's lately for, for me. Um, but yeah. All right. Another question was, uh, I love the podcast, la la la. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have a question though. I'm listening to episode seven right now and you guys talk about a book called Tantra and you said you would post the link on Facebook or Insta, but I have been hard, having a hard time locating it. Where is the best place to look for the stuff like that? Okay, so I'm going to be up, re-updating all of our um, you know, episode abouts so that hopefully you can get that information there. But as of now, you can find that book on our main Instagram page um, at How Come Podcast. Um, and the book is called Tantra and I just posted the, the cover of it um, and then the authors and stuff. So you can find that. And then if you just can't find anything, like literally just write to me and I'll send it to you or I'll post it because fact of the matter is, is if you have a question, probably a lot of other people do too and it would be really helpful for them and for me because um, I forget to post these things sometimes. I smoke a lot of weed. Sorry, guys. Um, all right, next. Um, okay, so somebody asked me, she loves the podcast, but she can 
she hopes you can help me out. LOL. I'm so telling my friend about one of the episodes about when one of your guests let a guy come over and she was drunk and got a lot of coffee and shit during sex. Do you remember which episode this is? It is episode 13, Dirty Girl Privilege. Um, and that same person asked, are there any episodes that you would recommend to a guy to listen to for the first time? Yeah, we got to trick guys into being interested in the female orgasm for some reason. I do like episode one. Um, it's great. But uh, some episodes that guys really like are episode 20 with Ben and episode nine with Dan Soder and Mark Normand. Um, they're great comics and boys like them. Uh, ooh, a lot of you wrote to me during my colposcopy. Um, if you didn't see this and because you're not following Instagram, um, I did a story the other day about me having a colposcopy surgery. Um, a colposcopy is when they like kind of hole punch a little bit of your cervix um, and make sure that you don't have cervical cancer. Um, the reason that I have to have colposcopies, I've had two before this, is because I have HPV, um, which is human papillomavirus. And I believe like something like 60 or 80% of the population has it, has some kind of strain of HPV. Um, you can go get a shot to prevent it. I did get a shot to prevent it, um, but there are some strains that went around it. I do recommend the shot because um, I'm not trying to get everyone all these different types. But yeah, I got HPV um, really early, like from the first person I banged. Uh, you know who you are. And um, since then, I've had to get pap smears, um, which you should be getting if you're going to your gynecologist regularly, once a year at least, um, where they take a culture of your jodge and they tell you if you've got any cells that are looking like cancer, because that's what HPV can turn into is cervical cancer. Um, I had a scan that came back, not positive, not negative, but like murky, like unidentified, like we don't know. Um, so I had to go in and... Uh, get this surgery done. Um, so I chronicled it on uh, the How Come Instagram and you guys were really nice and you were really supportive writing in and a lot of you guys have had them as well. Um, I highly recommend listening to music while it's happening just so you don't have to hear any of the sounds. It's not like that traumatizing and it doesn't last very long. Um, I don't know. There's just something about the sound of, I don't like even the thing in the gynecologist where they like, you know, they stick the metal thing in and separate your vagina with the crank. Um, some guys are listening to this being like, what? Yeah, we go through a lot of shit. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that part I don't even like to listen to. Um, but yeah, so listen to music. Um, get comfy with your doctors. Um, they, they let me text the whole time, which was really nice. I even filmed my doctor's head while she was looking down at my crotch. You can still see the uh, Instagram story on the page. Um, it's on our highlights. Uh, but yeah, a lot of you wrote me in and, uh, I learned a lot from you as well. Um, some of you have had scans come back that come back positive that you have cervical cancer cells, um, and you have to have something that's called a LEAP, L-E-E-P, stands for loop electrosurgical excision procedure. It is a treatment that prevents cervical cancer. A small electrical wire loop is used to remove abnormal cells from your cervix. LEAP surgery may be performed after abnormal cells are found during a pap test or colposcopy or biopsy. Um, so yeah, right now I am just waiting on my results. Um, I really hope I don't have to do anything further, but if I do, I will let you know, obviously, uh, throughout the way. Um, I am a little bit scared waiting for these results, but I also, um, 
gotta gotta get shit sorted out because if I didn't now I could just wait and it would get worse and wouldn't that be bad um so yeah I will I'll let you guys know what has happened uh when I know um all right more questions um here's one that was really good I thought she says, I was wondering if this has ever come up with any of your guests or maybe your sister can research it because the only thing I have found of uh, what I'm experiencing is what one person on the internet described as an ab orgasm. I get off on like climbing a rope or at least that is how I first discovered it in elementary gym class. Now at home, I straddle a door and hold on to the handles on either side and hump it. But the, it's the abdominal contractions that do it. It takes no time. No squirting or anything. I don't talk about this with people I know and I know other people get off on humping, but I think this is a little different. If you speak about this on your show, please keep me anonymous. La, 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 of course. Um, so I think this is very similar to what Ben was doing uh, strong enough on his jungle gym in episode 20. So if you guys are experiencing ab orgasms, um, listen to that. I also, um, she sent me this article from the Chicago Tribune um, that I will post um, on the Instagram. Uh, this is pretty interesting. If orgasms are occurring spontaneously outside the experience with a partner, a vibrator, masturbation, or sexual fantasies, then this questions the idea that the orgasm is only a sexual event. Um, we wanted to know how this happens, what types of exercises bring them on, and how to control them. Um, they did a study in the 1930s and 50s um, about 5% of the nearly 5,000 women interviewed volunteered information about their exercise-induced orgasms. In an online questionnaire, women were asked a variety of questions, including whether a certain exercise brought on an orgasm. Abdominal exercises were the most popular. Biking and spinning were second. Um, so people are probably getting off at SoulCycle. No wonder it is so popular. Um, whether the orgasms could be controlled, most women could control them, some could not. Um, several women wrote they'd unexpectedly experienced such powerful orgasms that they were knocked off gym equipment, which sounds fun, but also crazy. Um, some men had said they'd done this too, but the major difference, uh, this is a quote, is that men get erections. Um, some men are mo more motivated to suppress that feeling, although women suppress as well, there's no visible display of arousal. Um, one young man said he's a very serious athlete, but he can't do certain types of abdominal exercises at the gym. He has to do them at home. Um, so yeah, this is one of those things that I was like, oh my God, this podcast has become about so much else. Like it, it's just people finding their people. So you guys keep writing me in so that other people can, you know, relate. Um, it's nice to not feel weird, isn't it? Um, oh yeah. And they were, they're calling them corgasms. If that's not, I love that. Haha. -ha. Um, and she finally said, you would think I would have a six pack by now. Shrug face. Hilarious. Okay. Um, here is another letter. Hi, Remy. My name is Boop. And I'm a 32-year-old trans woman who began transitioning a little over a year ago. I recently discovered on your show. And it's particularly relevant as now my hormones are in the cis female range. I can't orgasm like I used to be able to as a guy. It's extremely frustrating. And I'm basically having to learn how to orgasm as a woman for the first time as a 32-year-old woman. Um, so I told her that my friend Gina, who was just on episode 26, had the same exact issue. Um, and her doctor basically said, take the dick pills. Um, I don't know if that's advice every doctor would say, but take the dick pills or whatever is going to make you orgasm. You got to figure it out. I'm not a doctor, um, but definitely go to yours and talk about it. Um, having a sex change isn't just, you know, 
dressing differently. You're having, you're, you're changing. Um, and you have to figure out how to make your body and you more comfortable. If you were orgasming all the time before, try to do it now. Um, just so you can be the most yourself that you can be. Um, okay. Here is another question. Um, Hi there. Um, I have a question. I managed to come with a partner once years ago when I was on Ritalin. I thought that was taken care of, but then no more for years. Then I had a bunch of crappy one night stands and managed to come. What the fuck? I said, what damn do you masturbate? She said occasionally, but often too lazy TBH. Same. Um, like I have ADHD and my mind just drifts and I usually don't enjoy it that much. Same. That's why sex toys come in so handy because they literally do it for you. Um, I definitely don't do it on like a daily basis. I can go for a couple of hours. <laughs> no, I can go for a couple of weeks without it. I've tried various vibrators, including Womanizer, Rabbit's Merit, Magic Wand. Um, and she says, it has to be a mental thing. I can get right there and it will just stop. I have a boyfriend and I realize it's probably harder for me with him than randoms because I care more. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's, I mean, I can't imagine having had an orgasm and then losing it and then having it again and then losing, like, I want to say the answer is sex therapy, um, just to, or, or a normal therapy, just to talk to somebody and figure out what's going on. Um, again, I can't give clinical advice, um, but it is hard when you care about what your partner thinks of you. I didn't want to pee in front of Ben. I didn't know what he'd think of me. He doesn't want me to do mushrooms if we're ever in the same room. He's like, I'll turn into a worm. Like, you won't like me anymore. Um, I think definitely being with someone puts pressure on. Um, but you have to figure out how you can take that pressure off yourself. And maybe if you can masturbate more alone. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds... I don't also want to say it's definitely a mental thing because... I, I don't think that that's always the solution, but it sounds like you're using a lot of different toys and you've lo used a lot of different techniques. And uh, yeah, I, I really don't have good advice on this one. And I'm sorry, but I think, I think a sex therapist is always a good idea. Um, all right, here's another question. One more, oh no, oh, we'll do more, a few more questions. Um, from the people you've spoken to over the years, do you think sex five times a week is too much? How do you realistically bridge the libido gap in a relationship? Um, that's a good question. I don't think any sex is too much sex. Uh, five times a week sounds low to me, honestly. I mean, just because I am such a fucking animal, I guess. But I, I don't know. Um, I think the more important question is how do you bridge li the libido gap? Um, you have to talk to your person. If they're not turned on, you don't necessarily need them to fuck you, right? Like you just kind of want them to be involved in your fucking just the way sometimes Ben isn't trying to bone, but I want to have an orgasm. So I will use the womanizer and we will kiss. Um, that's, that's great. Um, if you're the less sexual of the partners, you should be able to be down to do that. You don't have to give a blowy. You don't have, you know, you don't have to get a boner. You don't have to, but if you want to make your person happy, try to figure out a way that both of you can be satisfied. Um, Cause sexual frustration sucks. And, um, um, but also the more sexual of the people has to talk about it and just be like, Hey, this is something I need. Um, that kind of relates to another question I got. Um, 
She says, I've been recently doing some work in therapy regarding my marriage and my therapist, who generally does not speak in absolute, said that a sexless marriage slash relationship is doomed, period. And he's also said most, if not all, couples who come to him are having issues in the bedroom. I felt super alone about this and I love my husband, but recently feel like our lack of sex over six years has driven us apart. If it were any other major relationship issue, lack of love slash trust slash respect, I feel like people would support ending the relationship. Why is sex not seen as important? Why does it feel wrong to break up over lack of sex? Um, I, I don't know. I think it is really justified. And it sounds like your therapist says it, it's justified to uh, break up if you're not having sex. Um, it feels wrong because we don't feel like sex is something that we all deserve. Um, or it's seen as something that's kind of like tawdry. Um, you know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't break up over something as silly as sex, but it's not silly. Sex is important. And I think your therapist was saying that in saying that a lot of sexless marriages are doomed. Now, um, so I asked her for, I asked her a few questions. Um, I was saying, are one or both of you unsatisfied? Um, like, is one of you initiating sex a lot? Because this kind of felt familiar to me. Uh, I have an ex who would reject me sexually all the time. Um, and so she said, that's a great way to ask. At first, it was just me initiating for years, and we went to therapy for it. And after feeling rejected, I kind of lost my confidence and at the same time sort of accepted that this was just the way our relationship was. Weirdly enough, some of our happiest, most in love times were also the times we were having zero sex. So to answer, at first I felt totally unsatisfied and he was content. But now I think on some level we both do, but it's just too awkward to get back. Um, I said that I relate because my ex did the same thing. Um, I said, does your therapist recommend anything to get back in the swing or does either of you feel attracted to other people? She says... Yeah, it's such a bummer and can make you feel really unsexy about yourself, right? Our therapist had brought up that maybe things outside of the bedroom were affecting our sex life, i.e. one person nagging, one person being lazy, and how all of that is a turnoff. But even when we fixed that stuff, our sex life didn't improve. Recently, I feel like I woke up and I'm like, hell yeah, I deserve sex. And I kind of want to feel it from someone else. So I was honest and I told him and I kind of think about wanting to have sex with someone else, opening up our marriage if he doesn't want to have sex with me. At first he was surprisingly cool with it, but then it's like it burrowed itself in his brain and it's imploded. Now he wants to get back in the swing, but I'm still sort of mentally wandering. But I feel like, dude, you went six years of being fine and not giving me any sort of pleasure and no orgasm. It's kind of a little too late. And when we had sex, it's hard to fully let go and uh, find it that hot. I wish I could have sex with someone else, get it out of my system, then come back to my life and maybe have more confidence to bring that sexy to my marriage. It's probably totally flawed, but I think it could take the edge off of the resentment. I look at myself when I'm super pissed about it and I'm like, wow, this chick needs to get laid. Um, okay, whoo, that is a lot. Um, so I said, here's my thing is, if I think, he knows sex is important to you. He's either going to give it to you or let you have it with someone else. Him wanting to give you that pleasure and people wanting to make each other happy is important. Like he can't not be aware of it at this point. You've talked about it. She said, totally. That is exactly how I feel. Dead on. Something else that's challenging is that I listen to your podcast and I hear people talking about their poly lives or less traditional sex lives in general. And I'm like, I want that, but I can't do that. I'm not edgy enough. I don't fit that profile. I seem too quote unquote normal. I'm also a mom of a one and a half year old. It's hard to not see yourself in a community like that and it makes you doubt what you really want. 
Here's the thing. You don't have to be edgy to be poly. You don't have to be edgy to be anything. Like I used to think it was edgy to be gay. No, it's do what makes you happy. I highly recommend that you watch this show, Polyamory, um, because it sounds like your husband does love you and does want you to be happy. He just might not be that sexual, Um, which if that's a thing and you can still love each other and you want to stay together for the sake of your child, that is a totally normal thing. But he's also, as somebody who loves you, going to give you the option to go get it elsewhere if that's going to keep you being happy. Um, That's the point of relationships is to make each other happy. It just is at the end of the day. Um, And I don't think any, any lifestyle is edgy. You know, what's edgy? We're all human. Just do what works for you. It's hard to bring up those conversations. I have a friend who just um, came out to his wife that he likes to cross-dress and that he might want to be polyamorous. They are going through that now. Um, in the last episode, we talked about what, what that can do to a relationship. It can either really strengthen it or it can end it. Um, but either way, you have to do what's true to yourself and what's going to be best for you. And what's going to be best for you is going to make you happy and make you a better mom, wife, ex whatever you are to other people. Um, it's going to elevate how you feel and elevate the other people in your life. Um, here's another question that I couldn't answer. Um, so I used to be able to orgasm with relative ease and now I haven't been able to at all. When I first was with my partner, it was super easy and then tapered off. And now that have we, we have broken up, I haven't been able to make myself come no matter what I do. Should I be trying something different by my old technique or just keep giving it the old college try? I would say go to a sex therapist just because that's going to be my number one, but also just use everything you can and try... Yeah, just keep trying different stuff. Um, I wouldn't keep doing the old thing over and over and over again because that just seems like it's not working. Maybe try it a few times. Maybe try that. Try a new thing. Go back to trying that. Try a new thing. Um, But yeah, just keep trying. A lot of girls I've recommended um, you uh, are having trouble with the womanizer too. Um, I had a trans fan write in. um, He's a trans female to male. Um... And he was saying that he can't orgasm unless he has a dildo in him and his legs crossed. Um, a lot of people have been, like, like Indian style crossing, a lot of people have been saying that that is helpful uh, while using a womanizer or a toy. Um, crossing your legs also like you're a schoolgirl. Um, anything where you can kind of like tense up your butt uh, is pretty helpful. Some people like to do it with their legs spread. Some people don't like to do it at all like you just have to figure out what's comfortable for you literally try different positions get on your stomach like do all put your your butt on the wall um just get into different positions um it's not going to be the same for everybody um but yeah i thought the legs cross thing was very interesting um and he said he can only come doing that and using a dildo um okay here is another womanizer question Uh, something that has happened a few times and now more recently with the womanizer that I'm perplexed by and interested in, which is I'll come and it'll be the normal amount of lubrication, whatever, what have you, which for me is a small amount and usually viscous and not watery. But something that's happened in the past is that like an hour later, say I'm laying in bed with my dude or my womanizer and I get up to pee, I'll be like dripping wet, but in a totally different way, much more watery, like people have described the squirt material. So I'm wondering if other people experience this and what's up with it. To me, it feels like I came, but didn't like release that stuff. And it eventually kind of comes out anyway. 
Hmm. Thinking face. Okay. I think that's definitely happened to me. Um, I think the womanizer really just gets you all like juiced up. Like it just is going to like, sometimes I'm, I'm totally normal after. And sometimes, yeah, it does feel a bit watery. Um, yeah, you got other people write in, um, and I'll, I'll try and get you guys in a chat so you can talk about it. Um, or maybe I'll get, I'll get some of the womanizer ladies to comment on this. Um, yeah, I don't really have an answer, but I did think that was an interesting question to put out to the rest of you guys, if that's happening to you. Um, here's one of my favorite messages. Um, hi, I'm sorry to message you. I assume you must get a million of these messages. Don't assume. It is always great. Um, but I felt like I had to tell you that you have officially become my hero. I am 25 years old and I had never come until tonight after binge listening to six of your episodes. Um, I felt like you were literally describing me and everything you said about the blockage, etc. So I decided that since I wasn't alone in it, I too should be doing something about it. So I went and I got a vibrator and I did it. So thank you so much. Truly thank you. I'm from Argentina, by the way. Not easy to come by a womanizer, but I made do. Holy shit. You don't know how happy that made me. Because the thing is, and I think I, meant, I mentioned this on another episode, I can, I can use a vibrator and do it too. It's just, it's literally about hunkering down and figuring it out. And yes, it is fucking annoying. But once you have, I, I don't know, like you're not alone. And I know that you guys know that by now. Um, but like, guys, we're global, bitch. We're making people come all over the world. It's so fucking cool. Um, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, she said, I can't really talk about this because I told my best friend once that she was so judgy and then years later she told everyone on a dinner that I was a freak for not coming so I felt terrible and I lied to her that I had done it. So now I was so happy that I did it and I couldn't tell anybody because no one knew I wasn't having orgasms. So thank you for existing. Um, friends can be assholes. Don't listen to them. I had a friend who told me that starting this podcast was, t or no, it was, I was like, I'm going to start this podcast because I don't have orgasms. And she was like, ew, TMI. And I was like, literally kill yourself. Um, not actually, we're still friends, but yeah, friends can be annoying. You got to look out for you. Do what you need. And then this is from someone in India who says, hey, Remy, I recently discovered your podcast via Explain Series on Netflix. It's amazing. I'm four episodes in and I've gained so much knowledge. I really appreciate your initiative. As a young person, I feel it's important to be aware of one's sexuality and sexual health. That being said, women's sexuality and sexual health is unfortunately not talked about as much, especially in my society, aka India. I am very lucky that I don't have orthodox parents or friends. Listening to your podcast has definitely changed my perspective on things in a positive way. All the best. Keep up the good work and happy coming. Um, you guys, these are the nicest messages. Um, it, I didn't start this <laughs> for you guys, which is so crazy and backwards. I started it literally for me. Um, to make me feel good and it blows my mind that it's making other people feel good um and i'm i'm just so happy and i'm so um i'm honored honestly um so yeah please keep writing in questions about yourselves about me whatever you want to hear write me uh i'm here for you um and yeah we're just i mean the podcast yeah it was about me now it's about everyone else. Um, so next week we are diving into a really special episode uh, about, um, sexuality and physical disability and mental disability, um, and how people with those disabilities can become sexual, comfortable people. Um, and I am, I'm excited for you to hear it. Um, if you guys would like to hear extras, um, we are always 
putting up extras on the Patreon. Patreon, if I didn't explain it in another episode well enough, is a platform where you can support podcasters and other artists that you like. Um, I was just going to do this podcast until I came. I felt like that was going to be the end. I was going to quit. Um, but you guys have really inspired me to keep it going. And I do love pumping out free content. But if you want to go to the Patreon and you want to support, um, like send me $5. If you, if you do $5, you get a shout out on the podcast. There's other fun uh, surprises too or gifts or something. Like you can watch a live podcast. Um, lots of fun stuff. So check that out at patreon.com backslash how come. Um, and again, follow us at how come podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and write in any questions that you have. Um, see you next week, you guys. And thank you again for, um, everything. Thanks for everything. Bye guys. It's not you. It's me. I try so hard to finish. Honestly, they say, you'll know. When you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that I still got a ways to go Oh oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just.